Well, good evening and Merry Christmas. Welcome, welcome to the house of the Lord for worship tonight. We are so honored and delighted that you are with us. You could be anywhere tonight. You could be anywhere and you chose to be with us. And we are so honored and privileged to spend this time with you. If you are a first time guest with us, a special, special welcome to you. Thank you for coming if you're worshiping with us online tonight from wherever you are celebrating today, welcome to you. I want to remind you we have online hosts available all throughout the service who would love to answer any questions you have and spend time in prayer with you. I encourage you, participate in that chat. We want you to feel connected to this body, even from far away. So participate in that chat and use that request prayer button if you'd like to talk to one of our online hosts in a one-on-one chat. Well, I'd love to invite you all now to stand as you are able in body or in spirit. And let's join our voices together in worship for our King has come.
lift our voices together. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come ye to
Amen. And you may be seated. We are in the season of Advent. And each week through this month, we have been lighting a candle on the Advent wreath, the light getting brighter and brighter as we come closer to the coming of our King. Jesus, the light of the world, came once, comes now, and is coming again. Today, on the final night of Advent, this final night of waiting in anticipation for Christmas Day, we will light that center Christ candle. Just as the Christ candle is at the center of that wreath, so Christ is the absolute center of our faith. He is the light of the world. When he was born, glory broke in to the darkest places. May each of us, may each of you tonight have eyes to see this beautiful, earth-shattering, life-transforming light. This is the word of God from the gospel according to John. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true. And it is given to us in love. Thanks be to God. Oh uh-huh. 
Well, good evening. We are so glad that you are with us this evening at Springbrook for this special evening. If you are watching online with us uh, this evening, we are so glad that you're with us. There's a place for you to fill out an online connection card. We'd love the opportunity to know that you are with us this evening. If you're in person with us this morning, this evening, I must say this morning probably about five times, this evening, you should have received a uh, program on the way in. I just want to encourage you to uh, take that out. On the inside, you've got some notes for our time together this morning. On the front is a little place for you just to let us know that you are with us. If you're into the QR code thing, you can just scan that. Uh, let us know that you are with us. If you have any questions about uh, anything during our service this, this evening as well, this morning, I almost did it again, uh, just be sure and let us know. We are glad that you are with us today. We know this is a special day for us to be able to celebrate. I know that there are many people that know Christmas is a time when Christians celebrate the birth of Christ. And so I know many people are familiar with that. Everybody knows that it's a holiday. And so most people are familiar with the holiday, but I would venture to say that all of you here, all of you watching online, know that today is about a baby that has been born in a manger. And so that's why we're celebrating uh, this evening and why we'll be celebrating tomorrow. But with Christmas comes a lot of questions, a lot of expectations. I don't know about you, especially during the holidays, there's a lot of expectations about the holiday, isn't there? There's a lot of confusion about the holiday as well. I'm going to share with you this evening 12 reasons why Christ came. These are all reasons that Jesus himself told us why he was going to be coming. It was interesting because I was almost 33 years old before I came to understand what Christmas was really all about. And so this evening, we want to focus on why we celebrate Christmas. I want to share with you 12 reasons why Jesus said that he was coming to earth to be born. Now, I like the 12 days of Christmas. I was going to try to put these to a song, but my wife talked me out of it. She said, there's no way you'll be able to carry that. Now, I like the 12 days of Christmas. I was practicing that. And I said, well, can I do the 12 days of Christmas? And she said, no. She said, you will mess that up too. <laughs> so if you want to, after this evening, if you want to try and help me put this to a song, I think it would be quite fun, to be honest with you. I was trying to make a little Christmas tree out of the 12 days of Christmas. And so if you're artsy and you want to take these 12 reasons why Jesus came and help me come up with an image for that, I think we could have some fun with it. But on the inside of that program, I just want to share with you this evening, we're going to go through that together tonight. We're going to talk about why 12 reasons why Jesus said he came to earth. And while we're going through this uh, time together for the next couple of minutes, I want to encourage you to uh, pick one of these 12 that's meaningful you, to you this evening. All 12 of these reasons Jesus himself told us were reasons why he came to earth. And so as we're reading through these, pick one that speaks to you. You know, we speak to God through prayer. God speaks to us through his word. And so during our time together, I'm praying that God would speak to you as we look at his word together. And so on the inside of your program, you'll find that the first reason that Jesus says that he came was that he was coming to do the Father's will. You see, Jesus is not a created being. Jesus existed before the creation of the world. In fact, the Bible says that all things were created by him, for him, and through him, so that he might come to have supremacy in everything. In John six thirty eight, Jesus says this, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. You see, Jesus was in heaven with the Father and with the Spirit, and he came to earth and took on human form. He emptied himself and became human so that we might understand the fullness of how to have a relationship with him. Jesus came to do his Father's will. The second reason Jesus said he came was that he came to fulfill the law. You see, Jesus came with a purpose. Christianity is not a new religion. It is a fulfillment of Old Testament 
prophecies of Old Testament truths that we know to be true. And so from a Jewish perspective, they're waiting for a Messiah. As we read through the New Testament, we've come to understand that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the promised Savior that was foretold in the Old Testament. Last week, we looked at uh, several reasons why Jesus' fulfillment was true. We looked at there's, there's 500 fulfilled prophecies out of the New Testament. Some lists say 571. Some lists say 300. But the bottom line is, is that Jesus came to fulfill Old Testament law. He came so that he could complete the Father's will and so that he could fulfill the Old Testament law. Number three, he came to bring light into the world. And this is probably one of the ones that's my favorite. Jesus came to be light for us. I don't know if you realize it or not, but out in that world, there is darkness. There is brokenness. There is pain. There is suffering. And Jesus came to say that he is going to shine light into the dark world in which we exist. Sinners entered into the world, and without Christ, we have no hope. Jesus came to give us hope, and it's that hope that we find is the light. Jesus said in John 12, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And so through our faith in Christ, through our belief in Christ, we have come to understand that God's got a plan and a purpose. His will is sovereign, and we come to be able to experience joy and peace and hope in the midst of trials and tribulation. Jesus came to bring light into the world. Jesus also came to give us peace. That's number four. Jesus said that I came to bring peace. And not the kind of peace that we would expect to find out in the world. In fact, I was having a conversation just last week with somebody about the fact that Jesus provides peace. And so the conversation went along the lines of, hey, as I look around, I don't see a lot of peace in this world. And so where's all this peace that Jesus promised? Well, Jesus did not promise to save, to solve all of our worldly problems. He did not come to bring us worldly peace. He came to bring us an inner peace that comes from understanding who he is. In fact, in Luke 12, Jesus says, don't think that I came to give peace on the earth. I tell you, I did not come to bring peace. I, I came to bring division. And so as Christ's followers, we recognize there are people that have a relationship with Christ and there are people that don't. And there's division amongst people from a cultural perspective about who has a relationship with Christ and who doesn't. And sometimes those conversations get a little heated. And so Jesus did not come to bring us a worldly peace. He came to bring us peace as a result of who we are in him. In John 16, he says, I'm saying these things to you that in me you might have peace. Our peace doesn't come from the things of this world. Our peace comes from him and our relationship with him. The verse would go on to say, in this world, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so the peace that we find in Jesus has nothing to do with our circumstances, nothing to do with our environment or our culture. Our peace comes from knowing who he is, our relationship with him, and what that means for us for all eternity. Jesus came to give us peace. Jesus also came to call sinners to himself. Jesus came to call sinners to himself. You know, I, would, I can remember when our kids were younger, I've got four daughters, and we, uh, I love to go to the grocery store, and I can remember one of the times our kids got lost, and I could hear them screaming, you know, mom and dad, they were crying, they got lost in the grocery store, and when I found them, it was like, oh, there's this big reunion, you would have thought they would have been lost forever, it was like a minute, and tops, and I think it, I was watching them, so carefully. it wasn't my responsibility, it was, it was the two of us, but you know, I was reminded of the fact that we are just like that, we are, we are lost, you know, when I go to the doctor and I just show up, I tell him what's wrong with me. I don't say, hey, I just came in to say hi. I say there's something wrong with me. And so Jesus came to call sinners to himself. When Jesus hears the disciples and the others talking about who he is, he said, look, those who are well have no need of a physician. In Mark two seventeen, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but the sick. Jesus came to call those that were lost and broken and scared and frightened and alone, just like a lost child. Jesus came to call sinners that understood their need for a relationship with him. We need a relationship with Christ. If we don't recognize our need for Christ, then we are self-righteous. And so Jesus came to call those that recognized their need for a relationship with him, realize they're lost, realize they're broken, and realize they had a need. Jesus came to call sinners into a relationship with himself. 
Number six, Jesus came to proclaim good news. Jesus came to give us good news about himself. You see, at the time, Jesus uh, was, during the Roman period, people were expecting a king that was going to bring about peace from a worldly perspective. They were expecting a king that was going to bring worldly control. They wanted a king that was going to conquer their enemies and give them a worldly power. You know, Jesus, when he was with Pilate, um, was talking about the fact that this good news that he has is news that he's going to be setting the captives free. It's not a worldly kind of king, but he says in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent to me, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recovering the sight of the blind, to set all at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus came to give us freedom. Christianity is not about a set of rules that you have to follow. It's not designed to suck the life out of our fun. Jesus came so that we might have liberty, that we might have freedom, that we can enjoy to the full all that he has created us to be. Jesus came fulfilling this passage in Isaiah to say that he is going to bring peace to us. And then in verse 21, he would go on to say that today in the hearings of these words, this prophecy has been fulfilled. Jesus came to proclaim the good news. Number seven, Jesus came that we might believe in him. Jesus came so that we might believe in him, that we might believe in the power of a living God to transform lives. Jesus came to give us faith and hope and assurance that he is who he claimed to be. In John 17, he says, I have given them these words that you gave me, and they have received them, and they have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And so Jesus came so that we might believe that he is who he claimed to be. Jesus came so that we might believe that there's a heavenly father that loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. Jesus came that we might believe in him and in a living God that loves us and wants a relationship with him. You know, my family this past several weeks has had an opportunity to enjoy the Polar Express. I love the Polar Express. We got to go on a train ride with the kids. It was a blast. We got to drink hot chocolate. In fact, my wife and I watched the movie today. It's a great movie. And in the end, they talks about, I believe. And they talk about the spirit of Christmas. There's all kinds of things that we believe in, in our culture today. We believe in ourselves. We believe in our jobs. We believe in the people that God has put around us. We believe in people. We put our faith in many things. But Jesus came so that we might believe in him and in him alone. He's given us these words so that we might come to believe in him and place our faith in him. Number eight, Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. When he was with Pilate, explaining who he was, Pilate said to him, so you're a king? Jesus said, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, I was born. I love it. Jesus is saying, this is the reason I came to earth. This is the reason I was born. This is the reason why we have a baby in the manger. I was born for this purpose, that I have come into the word to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And so Jesus claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus is truth. And he came to proclaim that truth to us. And his resurrection that we're going to celebrate this Easter gives witness to the fact that he is who he claimed to be. Jesus came so that we might know the truth about who God is and how to have a relationship with him. Number nine, Jesus came to pay our debt. Jesus came to pay our debt. Recognized or not, we are sinful. God is perfect and we are not. Now that comes to a surprise to many. You know, I don't know anybody that's perfect. Do you know anybody that's perfect? I don't know anybody that's perfect. There's a separation that we all have from God. And that separation requires a payment. It's a, it's a debt. When we pray the Our Father, we pray that God would forgive us our debts and so we are indebted to God. And, and Jesus came to pay the penalty of that debt. In Mark chapter 10, it says this. Jesus says, even the son of man came not to be served, but to give his life a ransom for many. A ransom is the payment of a debt. This debt that we have before God because of our sin, Jesus paid the penalty for that. through his death on the cross. He had to be born so that he could die paying the penalty for that sin. He was a ransom for us. And that ransom is sufficient for many. It's sufficient for everybody, but it, only those that have a relationship with him that have come to believe in his name, 
Does that sufficiency cover their debt? You know, Jesus said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. It's available to everyone, but only those who call on his name does he offer that forgiveness. He came as a ransom for many. He came to pay the penalty of our debt. Number 10, he came to seek and save that which was lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Yeah, kind of going back to that story about my kids lost in the grocery store, recognized or not, we're all like that. We're all lost. You know, we're all searching for meaning in life. Many of us find it in other locations other than God. We find it in our own identities. We find it in our jobs. We find it in things in our culture. We find it from our stuff. You know, we are all lost and in need of a Savior. And Jesus said he came to seek and save that which was lost. That was his purpose for being born. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And he came to save us. That's number 11. Jesus came to save us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know, there's a story about a man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He's a God-fearing man. He gives the people in need. He prays routinely. He fears God, but he's not saved until he hears a message from a guy named Peter who's going to tell him about Jesus, and he's going to, he and his whole household would come to be saved. And so Jesus came to save us. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor. It's only through a relationship with Christ that we can have the assurance of being saved. And, and that's why Jesus came. He, he came to save us. He did not come into the world to condemn it, but he came to save it, that we might be saved through him. And then number 12, and this is one of my favorites as well. He came to give us life. He came to give us life and to give us life to the full. The thief comes to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I came so that they might have life and have it abundantly. You see, this life that God offers us through Christ has nothing to do with worldly possessions. Many times when you hear people talk about someone that has lived life to the full, they're talking about the fact that their life has been busy. They've accomplished a lot of things. He or she has lived a full life in a sense that there was no time that was wasted. That's not the kind of life that Jesus gives us. Jesus calls us to a full life filled with purpose, filled with meaning that gives us hope, not just for today, but for all eternity. Jesus came so that we could have life and not just have any life, but have an an abundant life, a life that is filled with joy, a life that is filled with peace, a life that is filled with a relationship with him and a relationship with others. Jesus came so that we could have an abundant life. There's 12 reasons why Jesus came that we're looking at this evening. I had a couple of passages I wanted to focus our time on, but as I was looking through scripture, it is just filled with reasons why Jesus said that he came. And these are Jesus's own words. And so it it doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. When there's questions about what Jesus is and why he was born, Jesus himself answers that question. And so through our time together tonight, I, I just pray that as you read down through these, that one of these would resonate with you. You know, maybe this evening you're thinking about, hey, I want more out of this life. This, this life is letting me down. Our, our culture is going to let us down. Our health is going to let us down. Our politics and our, our, our government is going to let us down. Everybody is going to let you down. But Jesus will never let you down. He came to give you life and have it to the full. And so maybe this evening you're thinking, man, I would like some more of that abundant life that Jesus gives. You know, maybe you're sitting there this evening and thought, wow, I've never thought about the fact that I'm lost. You know, if you come to understand that apart from Christ, we are all lost. We're born lost. It's not something that you just discover one day. I mean, we're born lost. You know, no one is born a Christian. You may have been a Christian for a long time, but to be a Christ follower is to intentionally understand the need for a Savior, the need for a relationship with Christ, and understand who He is. You know, maybe as you look around, you feel like the world is dark. It's broken. It is true. The world is dark. It's broken. It's hostile. Jesus' light shines into that darkness. And so if you're looking for hope this season, you can look to him because he is the one that promises to give us life. He is the one that promises us to, get, to be, be the light. He lights our path. Jesus came to do the Father's will, 
to fulfill the law, to bring light to the world, to give us peace. He came to call sinners. He called to proclaim the good news. He came that we might believe and come to understand the fullness of how to have a relationship with him. He came to bear witness to the truth. He came to pay our debt. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to save us. He came to give us life. You know, as we move through this holiday, it's my prayer for each of us that we would be able to experience the fullness of the power and the presence of Christ in our lives. It's my prayer that each of us would be drawn into a closer relationship with him as a result of what we know about him. And so I want you to leave here this evening knowing that there are are at least 12 good reasons that Jesus came to this earth. And if you can figure out how to help me put that to a song, I think that would be a great song, wouldn't it? Amen. Well, this evening, I just want to encourage you to pick one of these verses that is important to you. Pick one of these verses that you think stands out to you. You know, this is maybe God speaking to you through one of these passages. You know, circle it, highlight it, share it with someone. But I want to encourage you to think through what it means to have a relationship with Christ. You see, we know a lot about who Jesus is. Historically, Jesus existed. Extemporaneous writings talk about the fact that Jesus existed. You can read a lot about the existence of Jesus. You can read through the Bible, and it talks a lot about who Jesus is. Tonight, I gave you 12 reasons why Jesus came. So those are all things that we know. But there's a difference between knowing the truth and having a relationship with the truth. There's a difference between having knowledge and having experienced a relationship. Many people know that Springbrook Church exists. They drive by, they see our sign all the time. They know this church exists, but the relationships are formed on the inside. Relationships are formed as we spend time with one another. Relationships are formed as we serve one another, as we serve our community, as we study and live out God's word together. And so there's a difference between driving by a church and knowing it exists and then being a part of a church and building relationships with one another. And it's the same way with God. There's a lot of people that believe that God exists. There's a lot of people that believe that Jesus exists. In fact, I haven't yet to run into anybody, at least in our community, that has not heard about the reality of the fact that Jesus exists. Now, that's not true in remote parts of the world. And so we have an opportunity to be a part of a mission of raising up churches and reaching people that have never heard the news about Jesus Christ. But in this community, I have never run into anybody that has at least never heard the name of Jesus. Most people, though, don't understand how to have a relationship with him. And so believing in Jesus and knowing that he exists and having a relationship with him are two different things. And so this evening, I just want to encourage you on the foundations of how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the relationship was what's important. We want to help people to hear about Jesus, but more importantly, we want to help people to have a relationship with Jesus. Because that relationship is what gives us the ability to enjoy all of these promises. Jesus promises to give us life if we have a relationship with him. He promises to be the light if we have a relationship with him. He promises to pay our debt if we have a relationship with him. He came, he came to save us if we have a relationship with him. It's the relationship with him that is of utmost importance. And so this evening, I just want to encourage you that if you have questions about how to have a relationship with Christ, it begins by understanding first who he is. And second, who we are. We are lost. We are broken. And we are in desperate need of a savior. And there's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor on our own. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. Grace is a gift. You did nothing to earn it. It's just a gift that is given. Tomorrow morning, you're going to open gifts and there's nothing that you did to deserve those gifts. They're just, they're just given to you. And, and Jesus is a gift to us. Our faith is a gift to us. The Spirit of God calls us into a relationship with himself and gives us faith. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. And so our relationship with God begins by understanding our need for a Savior and believing that there's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor, and trusting in Christ is the solution for our relationship. Romans 10.9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Being saved is understanding our need for a Savior. Being saved is a result of confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that Jesus is who he claimed to be. 
It's understanding our situation. It's understanding our brokenness. It's understanding our sinfulness. It's, it's understanding the fact that we are separated from him and in desperate need of a Savior. And we confess with our mouth that Jesus is a Savior. We confess that he is Lord. He is the Lord of our life. He's somebody that is over our life. He's somebody that I turn to for directions and answers. He is our master. We submit to his authority and to his word. When we, when we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. And we want everybody to experience the joy that comes from being saved. To those that received his word, they were baptized and they were added to their day 3,000 people that came to faith. In Acts chapter 2, in fact, all throughout Scripture, we see people that hear this news that I just shared with you. These things that I just shared with you, this is not new news. This is 2,000-year-old news. Those first Christians, first there was the 12 apostles, then there was the 120 that were gathered. The first church were people that came to believe that Jesus, who he was, claimed that he claimed to be. And 3,000 people became Christ followers. They all got baptized. And they began to celebrate who they were together. That was 2,000 years ago. And so this news that I'm proclaiming to you is still relevant for us today. And it will be relevant for your children and for their children until Christ returns. You know, there's something about our faith that we live out. It's called obedience. And so when we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave. It changes us. The Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. We are new creations. We are new in Christ. And I just want to encourage you this evening that if you are not secure in understanding how to have a relationship with Jesus, you might know about him, but you want to know more about how to have a relationship with him. It begins by understanding your need and praying and asking Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. And you can do that with us this evening. You can just in the quietness of your own heart say, Father, this is great news. I don't know why I didn't know it before, but as best as I know how, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit will come into you and make you new. And you will be able to enjoy all the benefits of these 12 promises that Jesus gives us. And if you are a Christ follower, I've been a Christ follower for over 25 years. And I've come to understand the joy and the peace that comes from knowing what it means to have a relationship with him. And I've come to understand the importance that not everybody has what I have. There are very few people in our community that understand how to have a relationship with Christ. And so Springbrook exists to reach our community for Christ, to make disciples until Christ returns. He's given us a purpose. And that's why we exist, to to serve one another and to serve to reach our community. And if you don't have a church home or you're looking for a church home, we would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you've got any questions about how to have a relationship with Christ, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you as well. And so I'll be available after the service. We have our pastors out in the lobby. If we can help you in any way, begin to explore the fullness of what it means to have a relationship with Christ. We'd love the opportunity to talk with you. On the back of your bulletin, you'll find some information about an upcoming series we've got coming in January. We want everyone that's even remotely connected to Springbrook, that's ever even heard of Springbrook, to be able to experience the life-transforming power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am looking forward to all that God has for us today as we wait as we move towards the end of this year and all that he has for us next year. I'm so glad that you are with us this evening to celebrate this special Christmas Eve service. This is a special time, and I can't think of any place that I would rather be than here with you this evening. Our ushers are going to come forward now, and they're going to help you light your candles. You should have received a candle on the way in, and and the kids, I think, might have a, a, a candle that they can break that they can light up. I'd encourage you to be careful with your flame. But uh, I just want to encourage you over these next few days to just to think back and reflect on the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, We're going to sing this next song together. Jesus is the light of the world. He shines into the darkness. And we're going to be able to experience that this evening. Our worship team is going to come out in just a moment. Our ushers are going to light our candles. We're going to sing this last song together. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us. I thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. I thank you that, it, that there are reasons for us to believe. That God, uh, this is not a blind faith, but God, I, I just thank you that there are reasons why we exist and that why you have created us and there's reasons why you have come to have a relationship with us. And I just pray that you continue to draw each of us close to yourself. We look forward to all that you have for us as we continue to celebrate this great holiday. Uh, God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared 
um, to celebrate uh, the birth of your son. I just pray that you would continue to guard our hearts and our minds uh, for you and for your glory. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to thank you for being with us this evening. If you would, just put your hands behind your candles as you, as you extinguish them. Uh, you can drop those off at the table on your way out uh, with us tonight. Thank you again for being with us. I pray that the peace and glory of God will rest on you and your family as you enjoy this holiday. Thanks for being with us and have a great night. Ah. Uh...